Mad Lab Performance presents The Lab Podcast. Here's your host and chief mad scientist, Dan Gilbert. Hello, and welcome everybody to The Lab. I'm here with Luke Yahoo Hunter Hillman. Always. And today, Luke, we're talking about what? Talking about conditioning. Mental conditioning. Physical conditioning. Physical conditioning. That's much different. Probably a topic that we're uh, a little more qualified. I'm already mentally conditioned. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, uh, I believe that. Uh, I think we're talking about physical conditioning. When we're talking about conditioning, uh, we're talking about uh, working on some endurance or some cardiovascular skills. Really conditioning as it relates to getting you in a better place for whatever it is you're doing. So am I conditioning for a certain job? Am I conditioning for a certain sport? Am I conditioning just be overall healthy? Most of them have the same kind of concepts. Uh, I need to get my heart rate to a certain point, be able to recover, and then be able to get it back up again. Can I hold my heart rate at a certain point without uh, any kind of adverse effects? Uh, those kind of things. For example, let's say, uh, let's say we train a lot of basketball players, correct? Yeah. You train a lot of basketball players. Yeah, a good bit. It's uh, the sport that you're worst at, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's probably your favorite sport. Correct? Yeah, I'm better at jujitsu. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are a jujitsu guy. Um, yeah. So, so as it relates to basketball, um, and really, I mean, you could pretty, you can lump this in with other sports. Like, yeah, yeah. Any any sport, uh, you you just gotta see what's happening in the sport. In basketball, you have a lot of transition, right? Yeah. Uh, so you have a lot of change of direction. So you want your conditioning to emulate that. You have a lot of change of speeds. A lot of intervals. Yeah, like a lot of intervals. Jogging, full sprint, full sprint, jogging. And that's really important. I think that in a lot of sports, there's a, a lot of transitions. And you need to look at what the transition is on the sport. You know, are you going from moving into one plane to another plane? Uh, like, am I doing some kind of straight line? sprint and then going into something lateral? Am I breaking down? Am I ever breaking into a back pedal? Uh, am I playing a sport where I have to get up and off the ground? Uh, those are things that I want to practice. Am I changing my speeds? Am I always at a certain jog or am I a full sprint to a stop, to a jog, to a full sprint again? Uh, if those are the, the cases, whatever I'm doing in my sport, that's what I should be doing in my conditioning. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then... You want to allow yourself or your athlete, if you're training somebody else, the, you want to allow them to recover and you want to play with some of those recovery times. Uh, for example, I like to have people initially, uh, if, if no one's really been working out or doing any kind of conditioning with me, I do, uh, we do a lot of uh, work to rest ratios, right? So somebody, I have a work to rest ratio. So work is what they're doing in exercise and rest is how long they're uh, just trying to recover. Uh, so we might do like a, a regular interval would be like a one to three work to rest ratio. So we might have them do something for 30 seconds and then rest three times as long. So then they'd be resting for 90 seconds. If my Camelton, my math is correct. I don't know if you want to plug that into the Wizard 954 desktop computer. Yeah, there. let me get out my calculator on that one. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Use two hands on that thing. Well, another thing I just want to add to this, too, is we're talking about specific sports like basketball, soccer, and stuff like that. 
is I feel like the condition needs to somewhat emulate the game. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like I can make an argument that suicides probably aren't the best way to condition for basketball. You're just running back and forth, and you touch a line. You're not really changing direction. I mean, a little bit. Right. But it's not like – think about when you're playing basketball. You're running like that. You're doing more cuts. Right. Right? More cutting. It's not just full sprinting down. I mean, of course, that helps get you in shape. But if you want to be as specific, I really don't think that would be – It's simplistic. It's you know? super simplistic. It's yeah. better It's better than – so running suicides, yeah. at least you have people sprinting and change direction. Yeah, right? yeah. So that is better than – uh, all right, for basketball, we're going to run two miles every day. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay. And that's two miles every day is better than for basketball, we're not going to do any conditioning. No, I agree. Right? So there's, there's very, so I agree with you. But uh, I think that's really important. So one of the things that I, I think really helps, if we're just talking about basketball players, I think um, putting a ball in their hands or putting a person in front of them to defend and in a, in a controlled environment, so not just letting it go into like a one-on-one situation or anything like that. Yeah. Be like, all right, you're going to dribble here at whatever percent of speed. So whether it's 100% or 80%, and this person is going to slide with you, and then you're going to change direction three times within this area. Yeah. Right? You could do that and do that for a certain amount of time uh, and then have a recovery period. No, yeah. And, and people f- switch. Yeah. And I feel like it's important to... Like I said, with the emulation, but also with the whole point of the conditioning is most sports, I feel like they are, there are technical aspects to it, Yeah. right? So the whole point of, of, the, of conditioning for a sport is to be able to perform at the highest possible level for as long as you can. So you want to be able to perform yeah. your, uh, especially your more fine motor skills. Yeah. You want to be able to perform them under duress. Yeah. Exhausted. So, can yeah. you shoot a free throw while you're exhausted? Can you drive and do it? Can you drive down into the paint and under, with contact make Fo- a layup? Yeah, football, for example, if you're a wide receiver. Yeah. Can you still run those routes fourth quarter? Right. Right? That's what it comes down to. Like, can yes, you we, run those routes when somebody jams you yeah. without being so exhausted that that jam completely throws you off your route because your legs you just have no legs anymore yeah so that's why i like what you said where you put some skill aspect into it because you have to be able to have be able to perform under duress like you said that's the big one perform under duress because the 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 techniques and we talk about this all the time but like the techniques i feel like in as you know the fitness is always growing but i feel like it's just always when it comes to sports it's just like get the heart rate up as much as possible and it's not really about emulating the actual sport because like you said what's the point of running two miles for basketball yeah, for right. really any of the sports. I mean, I guess you could kind of argue it maybe if you're like a midfielder in soccer or lacrosse, uh, it'd be more efficient than for some other positions and other sports. But again, it's not the most efficient. And that's the thing. It's like, is it better than nothing? Yes. But in what we're context we're talking now, it's the most efficient and the most basically bang for your buck person. Right. And that's what it's about. And if I'm playing a contact sport, where somebody can hit me and I can go to the ground. Yeah. I want to be I want to be conditioning myself or I want to be conditioning my my clients or my athletes um, in that manner. So I want them to be able to go down onto the ground, get back off of the ground. I want them to be able to, and especially contact, because some contact is explosive, some contact is more uh, isometric or static. So like you might be pushing against somebody while they're pushing against you, or they might be like leaning back and forth where you're not necessarily being explosive. So you should be able to emulate um, that 
that isometric hold or that static, um, maybe some like static movement resistance, and then be able to go into something, uh, transition into something explosive, be changing planes, moving laterally, running straight line, changing direction, going back to the ground, stuff like that. You want those transitions built in there. Um, and they should be, at first, when you work with people specific. And we'll get to that in a minute. So like, I want, I want to be like, uh, so let's say if I, I'm doing something very simple for, let's say for lacrosse, all right? So we have a lot of lacrosse players um, that we train as well. So a lot of lacrosse, lacrosse huge sport in Maryland. Um, I might have them work for one minute and rest for two minutes. And in that minute, I might have them do a, a lateral shuffle as fast as they can for 20 seconds. I might have them hit the ground and do explosive uh, push-ups for 20 seconds. And then I might have them uh, transition from there to like just a squat hold uh, for 20 seconds and then rest for two minutes, right? So I could do something real simplistic like that. So then that way we get uh, a, lib, a small change of direction. Um, we also get some explosive movement and then we get some kind of static hold. So that again is, is super simplistic, but you could, that would be like the, be the beginnings of conditioning for your sport. Then you could get into other exercises and as people get more conditioned, then you can start to put in, all right, now I want them to hold lacrosse sticks and I want them, uh, I want them to be able to cut while, um, while cradling the ball. I might have them full sprint, cut three times, then drop to the ground, uh, do bear crawls as quick as they can, come back up, uh, pick up some kind of weight, farmer's carry, and then go back to cutting, rest, recover, those kind of things. Beautifully said, Dan. <laughs> Thank beautifully, you. Beautifully said. Um, and then you can have ones where, like you said, like you go completely into whatever the sport, it, like whatever, uh, exactly whatever skills are doing. So you could do like a full basketball one where you have somebody's guarding somebody, again, change direction three times, coming down full court, uh, and then put the ball in the other person's hand, do that again, put the ball in both people's hands, full sprint all the way down the court uh, with the off hand, lay up, switch hands, uh, do dominant hand, lay up, uh, and then recover depending on how long that takes. Uh, so those kind of things I think are important. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then besides the, the technique, I think it's also important that you get them to the mental aspect. So being able to be exhausted and being mentally prepared for that is really important. Yeah. So there does kind of come down to a mental conditioning, and that becomes really important, uh, I think, in any sport, but certainly your, uh, your, your contact and fighting uh, sports. Right, because contact, if I'm already exhausted and then there's gonna be some kind of contact, then not only is my exhaustion crushing my will, but now somebody else is imposing their will on me and that is going to make it much harder for me to continue to perform. That's when you see, if, you, if you're looking at boxing or you're looking at uh, MMA or kickboxing or anything like that, that's where you see a lot of your uh, highlight knockouts. Right, yeah. somebody is tired, somebody is like struggling to be on their feet, and they get caught 
really badly because it's it's hard for them to defend themselves yeah. at that point. Um, so then you want to be able to condition them through those kind of things as well. So I think that's important. The mental aspect is really important. Yeah, I mean, because you have to be able to, with technique comes that mental that you're talking about. You have to be sharp. Like it's not just going to, you have to be able to, so like you say, like in that under duress. So if I'm like, I always, I'll use basketball, shooting a basketball, I still have to be mentally locked in in the fourth quarter when I'm tired as hell. Yeah. Body hurts. I mean, like, and, you know, something can happen. You're probably a little sore somewhere. I mean, you're never like 100% healthy. What happens if you're a leader on your team too? Yeah, exactly. And you got to get people in position. Yeah. So you have to be very cognizant. Not, yeah. It's not like a mindless game. And it's like the same thing you can say with like, you know, in like a full, like a quarterback in football. Yeah. You know what I mean? They got to be able to command the offense and execute that throw the same way they did in the first quarter. I think that's why, like, when you get into a lot of jobs and stuff, I think that's why uh, when you look at, I mean, I think the most famous one is, like, SEAL training, right? So you have Navy SEALs that go through, I mean, ridiculous amounts of training and ridiculous amounts of discomfort so that they are able to, under that extreme duress, they're able to perform, Mm -hmm. one, uh, because to not perform in some of their situations is sometimes to die, Yeah. right? Uh, and then also, uh, as leaders, they're able to lead other people and think strategically as well while they're under duress. So now they can physically perform and they can mentally perform for other people on top of that. Yeah. Uh, and that, again, that's important in sports, but even more so in jobs like uh, like any kind of police force, uh, any kind of military um, that's going to be in, involved in any kind of combat situation. Yeah, uh, for sure. And think about especially military, you're hauling around all that gear as well. Mm-hmm. Just even is like on a steady state. So just walking, you probably have at least fifty or sixty pounds of weight with you. Yeah, I mean when we well. train, like uh, when we tra- I've trained some SWAT guys, uh, and when we train them, it would be the same kind of thing, right? Yeah. So yeah. It's almost like the same kind of thing as you would look at for for a fighter. You know, like you're training them to be able to be explosive, to be able to be able to think under duress. So like for my fighters and for, uh, for military personnel, I, I at first, if they're not used to a certain level of conditioning, I do a control conditioning. When, when I say control conditioning, I mean uh, if I'm training Luke, I might give Luke, I'll tell Luke ahead of time what that looks like. Here's the four exercises you're doing. X amount of time or X amount of repetitions of this exercise, then you're gonna do this exercise either right after or with uh, within this much time. So he knows exactly what he what he's doing and when, right? And then I'll I'll count and like tell him what number he's on or whatever, uh, and so kind of guide him through that. That's a controlled conditioning. Um, when you get outside of that, you do that for a more uh, for for people that need it more mentally. So fighters that are fighting three-minute rounds. I might have, anything could happen in that three-minute round. So I might have my fighters, I'll give them, again, let's just stay simple. I might give them four exercises, right? Yeah. Uh, And it's also important for fighters to be able to pace themselves because I think that's a really big thing in fighting. So I might, let's say I give them, uh, I give them a squat jump. I give them, uh, I give them a plank. Um, 
Let's do let's do a, the easiest thing is like a squat jump. Let's do a push up. Um, let's do a uh, let's do a, a, a lateral slide step as well, and uh, just a reverse lunge, right? Yeah. So if I give them four, I might give them four exercises like that, and then go. All right, I'm gonna yell out an exercise and you're gonna start doing that exercise as soon as I yell it out, all right? So it's not about how many reps. So if I say push-ups, you get on the floor right away, you drop down and you start doing push-ups. If I say squat jumps, you immediately come up. So I might only have you do one push-up. I might go push-up, squat jump. So then you drop down, do one push-up, and then are right back up, squat jumping. And I'll always, and if I say the, reg- the exercise, you're always doing it at 100%. Like well, you're doing it as explosive as possible. And then if I want you to pace yourself, I'll go half speed. I'll say half speed push up. And that means that I want you can take as long as you want to do them. I want you to try to get your breath back while you're doing them slowly. I even allow some people to start to go down onto their knees or just do the eccentric portion just to try to get breath back and learn how to pace themselves. If they're doing the squat jump, I don't care how high they jump off the ground. So only if they're doing like, if they're jumping like an inch off the ground, that's fine. As long as their form is still good, they're thinking and moving, um, but they're getting their breath back. But when I, if I say, if I don't say that, if I say, if it's good, and they have to go 100%, so if I say squat jump and I want them at 100%, I want them as high as possible, as fast as they can go, as explosive as possible. Not knowing the transitions, and then also when the half speed stuff comes up, they know that they have to pace themselves because they have no idea how long the uh, the explosive stuff is going to last. Does that kind of make sense? Did I explain that oddly? No. So I think what, what I was going to cut in there earlier is to your point is in sports, you can't predict everything. Yeah. So that's why it's good to, like when you say drop down and give me the push-ups, yeah. you're not giving me a number. So I have to mentally prepare for really as many as I can. Yeah. Right? So I can't just be like, well, once I get to five, I'm good. In athletic, like When you're playing a sport, you don't have that option. Right. I mean, you can predict some things, but you can't predict how. No, you can't you, And you got to be ready for anything. And so I do feel like that's a great way to kind of prepare you mentally. And for I think that as fighting well. is even more so because I mean you really you really have no choice. You no. know, it's either if a guy decides that he's gonna bring an onslaught at you, yeah, then that's what's happening right now. And mm-hmm. you're either going to give up, get knocked out, uh, or you're gonna fight back and defend yourself. Right. Yeah. So and two of those options are you're gonna lose, right? Or get hurt. Yeah. So to be ready for that, again, mentally, you have to be, you just, all you know is that you're fighting a certain amount of time. In that time, anything can happen. So the only thing I tell them is if they are used to fighting three minutes rounds, I'll have them do that for three minutes. And it's all based on my athletes. So if they're not used to the conditioning, we won't do as many rounds or we'll rest more between rounds. Uh, but I try to get them down to being able to do like five or six of those rounds in a row uh, with just a minute rest. Because a lot of, I mean, a lot of the fighting, a lot of fighting sports, you're fighting for about three minutes, sometimes five minutes, and then you get about a minute in your corner. Uh, so then I try to get them ready for that, and I try to make those rounds worse than anything they're going to do in the ring or octagon or on the mat or whatever. So uh, again, it's just it goes goes right back to it. What are the demands of the sport? What are the demands of the job? What are the demands of whatever you're trying to do? Are you just trying to be overall healthy? Do you need conditioning if you're overall if you're just trying to do uh, just be overall healthy? You yeah. know, like what do we do for that? But then again, that's and that will be different than how you do with an athlete. That's another thing. So like with that, it's just keep the heart rate up. 
Yeah. With general, I mean, it's nothing, I don't really think there's that anything complicated with, that's probably the easiest type of conditioning because it's just, you know, with that, and I would say the main thing is just keep it a variety. Yeah, because just to keep, I agree. Just to keep people engaged or whatever because I feel like athletes, no matter what, are going to have a certain amount of focus if they really want to get better. Yeah. No matter what. Does and that if, make sense? Yeah, and if we're talking about general health, like yeah. you are just trying to make the heart and the lungs healthier. Yeah. Right? So again, you do want elements of, uh, but with that, everything should be controlled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if I have somebody that's trying to lose weight, unless they are really excited about doing something crazy, yeah. which some people are, yeah. but otherwise, like everything should be controlled. Uh, Luke, you're going to work, we're going to do uh, 10 minutes of conditioning. Here's what it's going to look like. Here's exactly how much rest you're going to do. Here's how many repetitions you're going to do, or here's how much time you're going to do here. Uh, as soon as we're done this, then we're going to move on to this. You should know everything that's happening. And all we're trying to do, if you're just looking at either weight loss or overall health, is we're just trying to get your heart rate up, and we're trying to hold it at a certain point for a while, and then we're going to try to get you to recover. And then once you recover at a certain point, then go right back up to wherever we were before. Yeah. Uh, right? So like yeah. that's kind of what we're looking at. And then can you do, uh, can you take a heart rate up to a certain level or a certain uh, activity level, even if you're not talking about heart rate, if you're just look, looking at like uh, perceived exertion, can a person get to a certain, uh, uh, can they exert themselves a certain way? And it can be on anything, like a rower, a treadmill, an elliptical or whatever. And can they hold it there? For an extended amount of time, so can they do some steady state as well? And I would come, I would do some, I would combine throughout the week some steady state with some interval training to just maintain overall health because I think that's important as as a human. And your heart and lungs should be able to function at extended period of time, uh, at an exertion level, at a certain exertion level, and then they should also be able to recover and then go back up, recover, go back up as well. So I think it's, I think that's all that's important. Uh, when you're looking at general health, summed it up perfectly for me. Yeah, I think. I'm asked about, and I, like people. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say that's like I said. That's just more. The one thing I do want to add, but I want you to finish your point because I have like a random thing I'll add yeah. here. But you can continue. Did you have a point? Yeah. All right. That's what I was. <laughs> I always thought, so I, I was, and then like I think that people need to. If you're looking at how long should I be conditioning, um, if you were just doing conditioning. So if you're just uh, like some kind of interval training or steady state, uh, ideally you would like to, you would like to get. Uh, I mean, the guidelines say about like 150 minutes a week. So you're, you're looking at if you could do like a half hour, five days a week, or something where you're getting your heart rate up like that. If you're if you're doing some lifting and you're conditioning at the end, because you, lifting you're going to get your heart rate up. But instead of lifting for intervals. Uh, we've already gone over programming a bunch of times. Uh, so, I mean, I think you should get your strength to power and then you should get your volume stuff in. And Well, that's what I was going to add. I'm going to add yeah. right now, interject right here. So yeah. that's the one thing. Uh, if you want to maximize your conditioning to the fullest extent, you definitely have to do weight training and strength training. Yeah. So I feel that increases the capacity that you're able to perform these conditioning exercises. Yeah, because then you can... Your body's built up. Right, because then you're used to using certain resistance in yeah. human movements. And then when you try to do human movements with no resistance, it's going to be easier. Yeah. You know, and then again, like you obviously want the standard rules with recovery uh, and rest times and stuff like that in there as well. Um, but I think, I think that, uh, I think a lot of times either it's just like anything else in exercise conditioning gets overcomplicated or it gets just oversimplified. And really there's a, there's a middle ground. 
you should be very specific in what you're doing and be aware of uh, how you're conditioning your body and what you're actually trying to do. Am I trying to condition for a sport? Am I conditioning just for heart and lung function? Uh, am I conditioning for a job? Like what are the demands of that sport or job or whatever? Like what do I want to be able to do? And then my training should emulate that. Absolutely. Like always, please visit us on madlabperformance.com. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, follow us on Twitter. And also, next Monday, guest speaker, be there, be square. <laughs> hey, clever, Luke. I'm pretty clever. Yes. And keep out, uh, watch for those yahoos. Always. Deep West Virginia wilderness. First line of defense. First line of defense is Luke Hillman. For any monsters that are out there. Absolutely. The Grassman. Yeah. Chubacabra. Yeah. All of those things. Not vampires, though. No, I don't do vampires. Thank you again, everybody. This has been another episode of The Lab.